Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. established a connection. There's, I already know that there's some chemistry there. So we just bypass that whole space of time that is a time suck. That little qualifying period, that's what I call it. My goal is like to expedite that. People need to be self-eliminating left, right, and center so that I can get right to the good ones. Separate the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> we always build up like, oh, we're going to do this thing and it's going to suck and it's going to be horrible. But after we do it, even if we get rejection or even the girl says, hey, don't talk to me, you're gross. You're still going to feel better about it the majority of the time because you're you're facing your fears quite literally. And you grow as a person. Like in order to grow, you got to be outside your comfort zone. And oh, if this sure. feels uncomfortable for you, it's a sign that you should probably do it. I'm all about funnels and business. I'm like, oh, this is why I like, let's just merge my two favorite things, sex and business. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. It is another exciting Saturday and today's guest is Robbie Kramer and he's been guiding men to accomplish their goals with women, health, fitness and career since 2009. He founded Inner Confidence to show men exactly how to create the lifestyle of their dreams in a way that actually works. Robbie brings dignity and ease to traditionally taboo interactions, no funny names, no pickup routines, no fake stories, tricking women into liking you, just 100% real attraction, emotional connection, and strengthening your inner confidence. This is the necessary evolution of so-called pickup arts into something more meaningful and organic. Robbie, welcome to the Curious Diaries. Thanks, Layla. Happy to be here. I am so excited that we get to discuss men in the dating world. (laughs) (laughs) I have a grievance a mile along, but that's another show. Okay. Yeah. Give us a little bit about your background and kind of how you ended up in this niche. Right. So I was kind of like the guy who was always in the friend zone. I was a little bit kind of overweight, not terribly, but I was chubby and I was insecure about it in middle school. I asked a girl out in like seventh grade and she rejected me and I made up this big story that I'm not cute and a dork and all this stuff. So I kind of took that that wound with me through a lot of high school and I was kind of like a late bloomer. Finally, towards the end of high school, college, started dating and didn't really know what I was doing, didn't really put much thought into it. But I met women through my classes and through that college sort of social network. But then when I got out of college and I got a job, I had no idea how to meet women. My girlfriend and I broke up and I had never really even been on a date. No, I just, like I said, just met women through my classes at college. So that the whole like process was really like anxiety ridden for me. I had no idea what I was doing. There was no one telling guys what to do. This was back in like 2005, 2006. But a friend of mine introduced me to some pickup material, which at the time was like the only thing out there. Like what is pickup material exactly? Do you ever hear about that book called The Game by uh, Neil Strauss? He's like a famous writer, wrote for like Rolling Stone. It's like a, it's a book. It looks like a Bible. And okay. Sounds familiar, but I'm thinking, I think I might be thinking more about that. He's just not that into you book. Oh, that came out, I think, just after. But it was kind of in that same genre. Well, for me, it was, I mean, it was a silly book. It was um, very much both. It was, quote unquote, nonfiction, but it was a lot of fiction. And it just kind of told the trials and tribulations of this guy who trained himself to be a pickup artist coming from like a nerd background. I'm like, okay, I can kind of relate to that. But the stuff in the book was like, there was so much like nonsense BS in there teaching guys to like go out and do magic tricks and dress funky, wear like ski goggles and all this crazy stuff. I don't know if you ever saw that guy Mystery or that show on VH1 called The Pickup Artist. It was like this whole kind of underground cultish community, but it was really the only thing out there when it came to like men's 
personal development and improvement back in in the day. So the idea... Did it help? Did you take anything meaningful away from it? (laughs) Well, I I got a career out of it, which was interesting. But what helped from it was just the idea that you could improve yourself as a guy. Because I always kind of had this idea that like women are interested in me based on my looks. And because that's kind of how I viewed my interest in them. And I was, like I said, always kind of self-conscious over my weight. And I just didn't think I was that good looking of a guy. So I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll just do how I do. And that that's it. But when I read that book and just kind of delve into more personal growth, that was just kind of the, the inroad for me with personal growth. I was like, wow, you can improve your confidence. You can do all these things to make yourself more dateable, more attractive. It's not just about looks. And of course, you can radically improve the way you look too by you know losing some weight, getting better clothes of fit, working on your hygiene, all those things. But I wasn't even aware of any of that. I was just like this clueless guy in his early 20s just bumbling about. So Right. Well, not unlike most young 20-year-olds, just kind of bungling about. <laughs> that's what young 20-year-old guys do, right? They just kind of... That's right. That's what they're there for. It's interesting, though, because women mature much earlier, in my opinion. And a lot of women in their early 20s have already had a decent amount of experience dating, and they're a lot more sort of tuned into what's going on around them and how they feel about themselves, at least in, in US culture, I think. different. Diff- I've lived all over the world, so that kind of differs in different places. But I found myself to be very immature and at that age. And so I spent my 20s kind of going through through this personal journey of improving myself, working on my confidence, getting over my fear of rejection. I was terrified to tell a woman that I was interested in her. The idea of saying, I'm attracted to you, or I like you, obviously not those words, but just admitting that gave me a crazy amount of anxiety. So I learned to work through all that. I approached thousands of women, got over my fear of rejection. I'm sure I creeped out over half of them. Um, But I got a ton of experience dating, learning what worked, what didn't work. Like I said, a lot of that pickup stuff was just kind of inauthentic and phony. So I dropped most of that after learning it, but then really kind of found my way on how to do these things in a natural way that enhanced like my own sort of personality. Because everyone says, oh, just be yourself. But if yourself is well, like, yeah. if you think of yourself as like a loser nerd, that's really not going to work. <laughs> so. Right. You can't take that guy with you to your date. Yeah, you got exactly. to get in a different mindset for that. Yeah, exactly. So eventually I started a blog and I got a bunch of followers on the blog. This was like back in 2006 when blogging was like a cool new thing. And then guys eventually were like, well, I, you know, I love what you're blogging about. Can I pay you for dating advice? And I was like, sure. Uh, I was working in a banking job that I hated. And eventually enough of those clients allowed me to quit that banking job. And I've been doing it full time since 2008. So, oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So what do you, now that you have all this experience, what do you think about the state of dating nowadays? I How think are it's... people going wrong? <laughs> I think people are spending way too much time on the internet. And that is a huge problem when it comes to dating. And I think we've lost the ability to connect face to face. I so agree with that. I got to tell you. Yeah. I feel like there's an art, a little bit of a courtship, courting. I mean, like a lot of people probably don't really know what that word means anymore. You know, my, my, it's like my grandma drilled that into my head. It's like, and the way, even though you know you're not getting married when you're young and things like that, it's just the way that a man should be around you. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely because we've, what happens when you're using these online dating sites, Tinder, whatever, the, all the swiping apps is it basically like depersonalizes rejection. Like when you're swiping or when a girl ghosts you or a messaging thread stops, it, the rejection isn't doesn't seem nearly as bad because like, oh, maybe they got busy, maybe this, maybe that. And we can kind of hide behind that fear of rejection that way. But when you're out actually like talking to women in bars or nightclubs or just walking up to them on the sidewalk or in a Starbucks and trying to start a conversation, when that doesn't go well, the only thing you can do is look in the mirror and be like, I suck. That hurts. Right, right. And well, and I'll bet you they don't, you're not opening. It's a lot more pressure because you can't open with, hey, or something completely ridiculous come rolling out of your mouth. That's just like, (laughs) this is your start. This is like your best shot right here. You can't really do that face to face like you can into someone's inbox. Exactly. And the odds that you're going to get ignored, like I talk to so many men who just have almost no luck whatsoever online. These are good looking guys with good jobs that are successful. And they're just all basically complaining that they're dating below what their standards are. And they can't even get their messages responded to. And 
I'm like, listen, there's just a lot. I call the signal to noise ratio. There's so much noise coming through women's signals on online dating. I mean, you could tell me, like, if you go in your inbox, how many messages do you have in there? Like, just constantly. I don't even want to go in there because I feel like, depending on what site you're on, it tells people you're online. You know, right. if you forget to, to turn that off. And the second they know, it's like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, I. I came here to like actually look through it at a reasonable rate. And now I feel like somebody stepped on the gas and they're just coming in and I can't keep up like I'm on a treadmill. It's awful. Yeah. And then, so I just it's overwhelming, up. right? And I literally will just, I just give up. I'm like, oh, screw it. I can't, I don't have the patience for this. And I end up getting off there and not even want to look because it's kind of overwhelming at times. Yeah, I'm so nice to hear that straight from the horse's mouth because that's women's experience with, with online dating, a lot of them. I mean, it's got to be like a full-time job to deal with all that. And then if you compare that to, let's say a guy approaches you in a Starbucks and he does it in a way that's charming and cute. Like, who are you going to respond to first? That guy, if he texts you or the random guy from who tried to slide into your DMs? Absolutely, because I already have established a connection. There's, I already know that there's some chemistry there. So it just it, we just bypass that whole space of time that is a time suck. That little qualifying period, that's what I call it. My goal is like to expedite that. People need to be self-eliminating left, right, and center so that I can get right to the good ones. Like, right. Separate the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I'm telling guys. If you want to get dates with higher quality women than what you're currently sort of searching for online, it's really easy. You just got to go out and talk to them. But that's scary. That's hard. That yeah. most guys will not do that. I've talked to guys who like special ops, Navy SEALs. And they're like, dude, I'd rather go into a battle and face bullets than go up to a girl on the street because I don't know what to say to her. I don't know what to do. Like, And I'm like, that's the part where I come in, where I can help guys just kind of getting past those initial barriers, getting over the approach anxiety and easily doing it. And I can share just a quick little elevator pitch that I, I think a lot of guys like to just to go do that in any situation. So, you know, let's say you see a girl walking down the sidewalk, right? You're you're picking up the dry cleaning. She's walking from one store to another. What I would do is I would basically run after her or whatever, stop her in a way that doesn't freak her out, right? I wouldn't like jump in front of her. I would kind of like swoop around. You know, hey, I saw you. I had to risk embarrassing the hell out of myself to come meet you. But listen, you're in a rush. You're obviously going somewhere. I'm late for a meeting. How about this? Give me your number. If you don't like me, give me a fake one. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> okay, listen, this is no joke. How long have you been doing this? Like that approach? I mean, since since 2005, 2006, okay. I guess. <laughs> I think maybe somebody that you, you were working with approached me. <laughs> that sounds very familiar. And I remember thinking, like, he kind of had like a wingman, like supporting him. Like, Oh, really? Yeah, 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 it was really funny. But I was in the grocery store and I had just gotten done with hot yoga. So I looked a sweaty mess. But I, <laughs> this kid who's, I don't know, he was definitely younger than me. And I thought, oh my gosh, well, thank you. That was really nice. You know, I was like, well, I'm really flattered, but I think that he wanted to take me out for coffee because he was, wasn't was old enough to drink. And I okay. was like, that's my indicator right there. If you're not 21, at least, <laughs> this doesn't get to work. <laughs> but anyway. No robbing the cradle for Layla. <laughs> God, I know. Oh my gosh. No, I, I don't. Actually, 20s are out. The 20s are out for me. It's like, nope, nope. You look young I, through the computer screen. Anywhere between like 25 and 35, I would guess for you. But <laughs> Yeah, you're good. So. You're clever. <laughs> I, mean, I can't reveal my... I, I never. I don't give away the actual number. I, I sort of nibble around the edges with people about my real identity and who I really am. So that's kind of one of the things that's... I let people come on and if they want to talk about my age, they can, but I don't ever... <laughs> <laughs> but that's funny. Um, but, so that guy used that same... Do you use that fake number line or just the uh, at risk embarrassing yourself? Yes. Huh? The fa was the, that's what made me remember. He's like, if you don't, you can always give me a fake number. And I, and I, right. I said, oh, well, I wouldn't do that to you. you know. And, and I just... Gave him a compliment, you know, I gave him a compliment back. I thought it was really sweet. And I could tell he was, I could tell he was trying to build up his confidence. Oh, and I was like, that took some balls. He really literally did come shooting across one end of the grocery store to the other. And I saw him coming and I was like, what's that guy doing? Because <laughs> I certainly didn't think he was rushing to me. You know? right. <laughs> and he rushes up and it's like, oh, that's really nice. And I have to say, I wish more men did approach. It's not very often. And I think I'm not taking it personally. I just think now people are so into their phones. They don't, they aren't as flirty in public. I'm way more flirty in person. 
that's fun for me. This yeah, whole online you know, stuff is like it feels like a necessary evil. <laughs> right. And you know, you're just chatting online. It's not you don't have, you know, communications like 93% nonverbal. So when you're online, you're getting 7%. When you're in person, there's body language, tonality, all of the other inputs <laughs> are working. So, and that's a perfect example like you did, this guy wasn't a, a fit for you. He was a little too young. And maybe a little not confident enough because he seemed like he was just kind of doing it. But you gave him credit for it. And I'm sure he walked away from that interaction not feeling like, oh, my God, I'm a loser. I just got rejected. He probably felt better about it. And he felt good that he did something scary. Like, guys, we always build up like, oh, we're going to do this thing and it's going to suck and it's going to be horrible. But after we do it, even if we get rejection or even the girl says, oh, don't talk to me, you're gross. You're still going to feel better about it the majority of the time because you're you're facing your fears quite literally. And you grow as a person. Like in order to grow, you got to be outside your comfort zone. And oh, if this sure. feels uncomfortable for you, it's a sign that you should probably do it. Yeah, totally. I know. That is, you're right. That is how you grow. So, okay, what should people avoid or be leery of in the dating industry? Are there a lot of fakes out there? Just BS? I mean, what, give us your insider knowledge. What I see mostly with my clients and the guys I work with, they're typically guys in their like mid 30s to even early 50s. And and they're pretty well, you know, they're doing pretty well. They have a solid income. And there's a lot of kind of like these sugar baby sites out there like Seeking Arrangements, Luxie. It's kind of like the new thing where guys who are both more established and women who don't want to date broke guys have kind of made their way over to these sites (laughs) (laughs) to kind of weed out the riffraff. Um, but the trouble <laughs> we're gonna lead with the we're gonna lead with the wallet. We're just right. We're gonna get right. Well, I mean, well, that's okay. I have no problem with that, and I help a lot of guys kind of navigate that. But the thing that I see that affects them a lot is they'll kind of use it as a cop out, and they'll get into these kind of like paid arrangements deals. And they're never sure if the women that are in those arrangements really like them or they're just doing it for the money. So it's kind of like this hooker light, weird <laughs> sort of industry. Yes, um, <laughs> hooker light. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I, yeah, it's a thing. It's, like, it's a training step, I guess. It's entry level maybe for someone who wants to move on and make it more of a lifetime career. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't, you know what's strange to me? I have to say this, like, I never, I'm not sliding anybody that's sought an arrangement, has an arrangement, any of that. But I just grew up where you, if you wanted something, like my parents always would say, well, that's a good goal or that's a good idea. How are you going to earn that? Or how are you going to make that happen? And it never, the answer to that question was never, someone's going to give it to me. You know, like, right. I'm going to get on a seeking arrangement site. And, <laughs> I'm going to find a nice sugar daddy to give it to me. I'm going to find a nice sugar daddy. And again, nothing, you know, I'm not trying to bag on it. I just, as a woman, I was always like, yeah, you can earn that. Guess what? You can get that for yourself and then be your own powerhouse. And then, Water seeks its own level. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, unfortunately not as many women that kind of share that motivational drive on these sites. I mean, that's kind of why they're on them in the first place, right? Because they're, they're trying to... And I don't judge them for it either. I think you can meet a lot of awesome women on those sites, especially if they're new to the site. Like if you mm-hmm. see a girl on Seeking Arrangements... Don't go with the old timers. <laughs> well, if, if she's <laughs> been on the site for three years, that's eh, a red flag, right? Less than two <gasps> weeks. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, because that I means she's been like doing the arrangement. She's a thing. retread. She's a right. retread. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's been. She's got a lot hustling. of arrangements then. Right? Oh, like, yeah. She can have. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so I tell, I, tell, I tell guys like, listen, if you're going to do that, right. My advice is always like meet women in person if you can. Right. Like instead of working oh, from is home. Is this all online? Yeah, all these seeking arrangements sites, you mean? Or No, I mean, do these women ever actually meet the men? Or is this all just oh, online? Yeah, yeah. No, no, they oh, go okay. out. They go out and date. And okay. They create their little rela- arrangement relationships. But, you know, if you do meet a woman who's new to the site and you can have... That could end up being an awesome relationship. Maybe she never asks you for like an arrangement. Maybe that never comes up. Maybe she just wanted to meet a guy that she knows isn't broke, right? And that's where those sites can work out. But there's a lot of booby traps. So to answer your question, like if you're a guy and you're using online dating, you it, it's you got to be really careful, especially if you're using these sorts of sites, because you might end up with with someone who's not really interested in you for love. And that's those are the worst scenarios that I usually see with my clients, guys who are just really over invested in a woman who's just not that into them. Kind of like you talked about the book. He's just not that into you. I think she's just not that into you. I think guys 
can have just the meltdowns I've seen from really successful men just being totally distraught over a hooker are mind boggling to me. Right. A girl they were paying to see that they've fallen in love with that then kind of just. Yeah. (laughs) Like pretty woman, but bad ending. But. She's not down with that program. <laughs> not not for the long run. You know, they want to put a ring on it. And she's like, yeah, I think I've got too many other side pieces I'm more interested in. Oh, my gosh. She doesn't want to go legit. No. She yeah. doesn't want to get on the straight and narrow. No. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my gosh. I bet you have the best stories. And I'm sure there's also a lot of fakes out there, right? I mean, women that are catfishing, that are like men have to... I do hear about that a lot, that there's a lot of fake bots and... Yeah, when you're on more of the mainstream sites, I think you kind of run into that a lot. Those sites and, and those places are just sort of ripe for scammers to try to take advantage. My rule of thumb is if if something seems like even the tiniest red flag, just be done with it. When it comes to like the initial sort of courting phase of online dating, right? If something feels off, it's not even worth kind of pursuing it. And the other thing just for online is guys waste so much time. Like if you're going to use Tinder and you're going to swipe as a guy and you're actually looking at their profile before you're swiping, like what are you doing? You have like absolutely the worst time management ever. Like you look at the first photo, you swipe yes or no. Right. And don't bother looking at a profile unless they've also swiped right on you because you're just wasting so much time because guys can swipe hundreds of times. Either they're swiping on everyone. Yes. And that's going to kill your, you know, that the algorithm doesn't like that. Or you're going through, right. The algorithm is going to like, it's going to screw with your swiping abilities or you're going through and you're like really looking and then you're like falling in love with her photos before she's even swiped right on you and and going into fantasy world and then making yourself overly thirsty and then when she does message you back you're so excited you blow it because you act a fool and you know your game is terrible Oh, act a fool oh my god yes i have been through all of that <laughs> and I, I've done several. I'd love to do episodes about it. And I actually, some of the episodes, I don't read anybody's name out or anything like that. But I mean, I will literally sit and read what's in my inbox and just make fun of these guys mercilessly because it's so lame. Great I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I'm like, what am I going to do a show about this week? Oh my God. How about this shitty inbox right here? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you say that there's four dating archetypes. Now I didn't get a chance to take that little test before I got on. I wanted to though. But what are the, can you just, what are they? And can you kind of give a little description on each one? Sure. So the first guy is the guy who's procrastinating, which means he's kind of what we described. He's not really doing anything to take control of his dating life. He's on the apps. He's swiping, occasionally going on a date. He's not getting many, maybe one or two a month. Doesn't really know what he's doing when it comes to his fashion. He's just kind of taking the early 20-year-old dude approach to it. Like, oh, whatever. I'll figure it out. And then usually those guys, by the time they're like late 20s, they're like, oh, shit, all my friends are getting married and I haven't gotten laid in six months. What am I doing? Right? So it's not until some sort of real urgency happens where they're like, oh, maybe I need to take a look at what what the hell is going on here. He's not approaching women. He's just procrastinating because he's not being proactive in his dating life, really. I mean, guys can spend years in that state. And it's really damaging because by the time they do decide to figure it out, like now they start to feel like their biological clock is ticking. Or it can also happen, unfortunately, to guys who get married at a young age and they get divorced and then they don't know what the hell they're doing. They feel like they're totally lost in the dating life because they haven't even been up to date with technology. And then they'll just procrastinate and just push it under the rug. Like with anything, if we have a lot of anxiety around something, the initial response is like, I'm going to do that later. And later could be forever. And that just compounds problems. So that's stage one. If you're in procrastination stage, give me a call. Stage two is what I call winging it. And winging it is where guys are just kind of, they're out there a lot. They're sending a bunch of messages. Maybe they're even approaching women, but they have no real idea or structure around what they're doing. So they're getting a lot of unfortunate results. They're not living up to their potential because they have they have no plan. Right. So fewer of these guys, but they're out there as well. The next guy is the scripter. And this is the guy who's actually studied too much of the wrong material. You know, he took that pickup advice to heart and he's out there like negging women oh. and, and dressing like I know an idiot. It's and, gonna work. What are yeah. these days? <laughs> 
<laughs> I call that guy the scripter because he's really inauthentic. Yeah. He's sending canned messages. Like women can just smell the inauthenticity and it's totally cock blocking him everywhere, yeah. everywhere he goes. So that's no good either. And the last stage is what I'm trying to, to kind of preach here. That's having a structure around your dating life, having some intention, working with someone if you need to do that, or at least having a friend or a wingman who can give you quality advice, someone who's willing to give you that feedback. Because as, as both men and women, it's very hard to get honest feedback when it comes to your dating and love life. Because no one wants to be direct and honest with you about how you suck. Because it's really personal. You're the product when you're dating, right? And if your product is shit, you're going to struggle, right? And no one's going to tell you your product is shit. They're all going to say... And most guys, are their product is shit. I mean, you know, and I, I, I say that lovingly. It's just because they have no clue. It's not that they don't want to. They don't have a clue. Yep. <laughs> I've got years of uh, crazy messages to prove it. Yeah, their product is shit. No one's going to tell them yeah. that. Their mom's going to say, oh, you're such an, you're awesome, right? Or, or their sister. No one's going to tell them that like they need to fix their teeth or they've got this wrong or that wrong. Like no one wants to be that asshole giving that direct feedback. But that's where a guy like me comes in where I'll tell you straight up, like, listen, man, you need to lose 15 pounds. You're kind of a dad bod loser. Like get your shit in order. Not that you can't (laughs) succeed being 15 pounds overweight. You certainly can. Like I know a lot of guys who are overweight and they're confident. It doesn't really matter. But if you know that you have these kind of nagging character flaws or things about you that don't make you your own version of a 10, you should be proactively trying to fix that. Like if you aren't working on yourself to make yourself a, a 10, why not? Right? Why the fuck not? There's nothing stopping you from doing that. And you're going to attract kind of what you see in the mirror, right? If you're like, I don't know, I'm like a five and a half. Well, what do you think you're going to get? And if that's okay, if if you're happy with that, then cool. Like go build a business and do something else. But if you want something more than that, you're going to have to put in the work. And that's that last stage. That's a structuring stage where guys are very intentional about what they're doing. And they're going to get results because it's a proven sort of process. There's no guesswork. And guys just don't realize that. They think it's all this like, oh, I just go out to a park and like I see her on the park bench and say a few things, we get married. And I live happily ever after. Like, sorry, it's not working. There's there's too much competition out there. There's just too much stuff going on for that old sort of falling in love uh, cliche to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, and how do you create and optimize a dating funnel? <laughs> so, there's a few different funnels. We talked about the online dating one. Right? I'm all about funnels and business. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is why. I like, let's just merge my two favorite things: sex and business. <laughs> yeah, if you look at your dating life and sex life, it, it is like a sales funnel. And I've actually built a dating CRM that helps people kind of navigate all their leads. And oh, that's you know, that's really good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, you need it. You need a sales force for your dating life if, if you want to have some good quality results. But the the idea is that you have these different channels or funnels where you can funnel women into your life. And you've got online dating, you have in-person, like during the day, I call that like daytime, day game, for lack of a better word. And then you have nighttime stuff, which is like bars or clubs. For daytime stuff, it was like the thing I mentioned, the grocery store or the sidewalk, somewhere where you're not expecting to have a social interaction. That's what I mean by day, right? And then the last one is your social circle. So you got online, like I said, day, night, social circle. And ideally, your best dating funnel is always going to be your social circle. It's going to be meeting someone through your friends or your family because they're already pre-selected. You know that they're cool because they're friends of a friend. And if you do cool stuff, if you have an interesting life and you're an attractive person, you're going to meet someone eventually through that social circle. You're probably going to meet enough people where you don't even need these other dating funnels. But most of the guys I work with, they're really busy at work or they don't have the time to set that up or they're traveling and their social circle funnel isn't really working. So my advice is always get these other ones working. Learn how to meet women during the day when you're not expecting to. If you do like going out and you like going to bars or partying, then that's a great way to meet people too because better than online. And the first one, like I said, online is that's the worst one, but it's the one that everyone's relying on, unfortunately. So if you're going to do it, at least optimize it. Have good photos, have an interesting profile, make sure your Instagram up to speed. If you're trying to date online and your Instagram sucks, like go fuck yourself. <laughs> Are you saying that you should have a photo with your profile? <laughs> that would help. <laughs> and how many paragraphs? I know because this is what literally someone no profile will say. I say make three paragraphs. Just make three short little paragraphs. Real brief about yourself. Don't you're not writing a novel. Just if you can't formulate three paragraphs, I mean, we got a problem. <laughs> 
And if you can't put up a photo, come up with three paragraphs. Well, you got to play into your strengths, right? If you're a model looking dude, then you can probably skimp a little on the paragraphs. And writing's not your forte. If you're just a pretty face and, and not a lot upstairs, you can get away with that, at least online, right? Or if you're a great and talented writer and you're very witty, then yeah, go heavier on, on the paragraphs and have an interesting profile. Make sure your photos... You have them taken from the right angles and lighting. And, you know, some guys go overboard guys with the professional photos. They, they don't really know their don't. Angles. They totally they don't. They actually know that they have a good angle and or a bad one. They don't know right. this. These little yeah. things. They also don't think to pick up their laundry and stuff that's reflecting in the mirror or clean off the <laughs> clean off the toothpaste, the toothpaste little splatters and all that. I mean, like I notice everything yeah. in those pictures. Oh, yeah. Women are t- we are purveyors of information. We're just like. What is going on there? And we make a judgment real fast about who you are based on what we see. Yeah. And if you got to have all your ducks in a row, otherwise you're not getting past that that swipe. And then, yeah, the, the last one, it's shocking to me how many guys are single and their Instagram is either totally not a thing, like they don't have it. They have like one photo or it's just right. a, a terrible profile. I'm like, who's going to go out with you if you don't have a good Instagram? Like, show me... <laughs> like. <laughs> How else are they going to know who you are? Like you can at least show, like I always say show versus tell. Like you can tell a lot of cool stuff about yourself, but no one's going to believe you. But if you show it, a picture is worth a thousand words. It's, yeah. It's, you know, so if you have a good Instagram, online dating could be a, a good dating funnel for you. But if you don't, you better start working on it. Okay. So, I mean, really what you're saying is that men should try to overhaul their online presence. Yeah. If you want to succeed with online dating, you have to. If you're like, I don't want to do that. Screw that. I don't want to meet anyone online. I've given up online. Then you need to learn how to date game. And that's actually easier. <laughs> so That just requires some courage. And so you yeah. don't need to have you, you still if you're day gaming, you're saying you don't need to have you still don't need to have a good online profile because she's going to want to check that out eventually. Right. Probably sooner rather than later. But if she already likes you and you're just like, I don't subscribe to Instagram. I like to keep my life offline. That's why I talk to you in person. She'll be like, okay, I respect that. Right. And if she's going to meet you in person, so she's going to know if there's a vibe or not. She's going to say yes to a date, even if you don't have an Instagram. Or she may not even feel comfortable asking you for the Instagram. Like if I got your number in the grocery store, I was that young kid, except I was older and you liked me, you know, <laughs> as an example. Yeah. And then I, I texted you a few days later or, you know, not a, I, I texted you later making a joke about how we met and you responded and we went back and forth. And I was like, hey, when are you free? Let's grab drinks. And you're like, oh, Wednesday, right? You're probably not going to ask for my Instagram in that text exchange. No. Exactly. Right. So then we meet for a date and then you know if you like me or not. And the Instagram is kind of a foregone conclusion. Okay. So, all right. I see. I see your point. Yes. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. And what about like, what about wardrobe and texting skills? So yes, I just spoke a little bit about texting. Texting is a huge area that guys screw up on. And the the biggest mistake guys make is they don't really understand the timing of it. And they don't understand that texting is simply a means to an end. It's just to get an in-person meeting or a date, right? Like if you're texting with her all day, every day, and you still don't have a date, and it's been two weeks, you're not getting a date ever. And you're probably in love with her at that point. <laughs> and I Wait, see this all the time. You, let me I have to, I, I just have to interrupt you because yeah. I want to know, this is what I want to know. There are guys that will sit there and they will text you to death, but they don't like move it along. They don't right. actually ask you out officially. And I'm waiting to see if you can move the process along. I don't want to do it. Yeah, she's not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it because by out of necessity, I don't have to. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's just the like, there's more thirsty guys out there. It's just how it is. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know what happened here with this guy to go <laughs> ratio. But you know, you don't have to It's just kind of like, okay, well, this guy's not going to move it along. And that's confusing to me because I really can't tell. Does he just want to text like he right. wants a bud or what is it he wants Am I just here? a so, pen pal here? What is this guy doing? And right. What is this guys, guy doing? They're usually afraid to, to actually ask for the date or they don't know how or they're like overly excited that they got the number and they don't want to ruin it. They don't want to screw it up. But if seven or eight, like it doesn't take a long time. Like if seven or eight messages have gone by, especially if you met her in person and there's that chemistry there and you don't ask her out, she's going to start thinking like, what the hell? Or you're also when a woman is single and she's trying to like not be single, there's only a small window where she's probably single. And there's other guys that are vying for her attention. So if you're not acting, striking when the iron is hot, like you're going to miss the window. You know, guys just they don't think about that stuff. They don't understand that they should be mirroring. Like texting is really easy. You just kind of mirror what the other person's doing, right? 
But you're the guy, so you have to lead it. So you can't only mirror. You have to know, when should I ask her out? And like I said, like the biggest mistake is over texting or trying to have conversations over text that you shouldn't be having over text because just emotion gets lost with text. So it's okay for some flirty stuff. It's great for logistics. But anything else, don't have that conversation over text. Don't ask her, how's your day? Because it's fucking boring. Like, my day's great. Cool. Awesome. Yours too. High five. Like, that's a boring conversation. That's a great conversation when you meet a friend for coffee. Hey, how's it going? How's your, how's your week been? That's good, right? You kind of have to do that. That's like the social world that we live in, right? But over text, it sucks. So that those sort of the small talk is lost over text and guys make that mistake all the time. They try to go small talky. They try to ask about like, oh, what are your passions or what do you really like to do? Also, not a great <laughs> conversation over text. Shitty. <laughs> Yeah. I don't even like someone asking you, like, what are your passions? When I hear that, it's hard not to laugh. I'm like, oh my God. Because you know it's just such a textbook question. Yeah. There's what so do you like to do for ways. fun? I like to not have this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, like, can we just not go with the standard, like, protocol here and just maybe ask it in a different way? I don't know. Throw a different word in there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, better not to ask it at all. Better to save that for the date, right? So I've got a couple resources to help guys with this. So I have a free Tinder guide, which guys can download on my site. And it's basically like I talked about the scripting thing earlier. And when it comes to online dating, I'm okay with some scripting just because you have to, right? If you're trying to come up with clever messages for every girl, good luck. Like you you got better things to do. You should go out and make some money instead and then hire someone to do that for you. But or you can use this sort of like template I've created, which just kind of gets you through the flirty process sets up a little role play and then you can kind of riff off the role play so i'd recommend guys doing that just like use that on on all of your leads and it doesn't even matter if girls have seen it before you can still find a way to to flirt with it and, and make it work and then with texting i have an easy sort of ebook on on how to handle that out very inexpensive so that's just an because e- texting is something that guys really make a mistake with all the time and it's, it's a very solvable thing because it doesn't require wit it doesn't require like being witty on the spot you can take your time right you could have someone text for yeah. you i have clients who pay me to really text for them and they, they just remove that ah, no kidding that's <laughs> yeah. hilarious so at any given time i'm usually texting with you know a couple hundred women <laughs> it's a funny job for me. Oh, that's crazy <laughs> But then your other question about fashion, that's huge. If it's your first impression, and if you're making a bad first impression, that's just silly. So you need to learn how to put an outfit together. You don't have to you know, break the bank when it comes to fashion. You can find a way to live minimalistically, which I recommend for guys who are also traveling and living out of a suitcase, which is a lot of us now, especially after COVID. So that's always my advice. You can find people to help you with that. And if you have no idea, if, you, if your clothes are baggy and they don't fit, like you're you need help. Or or if you don't even know how to speak, you need help. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Totally. Yeah. Women, we we are checking that stuff out. And I have to say the one thing, I know a lot of women notice that I don't know if men know, their feet. Yeah. If you have like gargoyle toes or soles on your soles, that's probably (laughs) flip-flops are probably not for you. So flip-flops are not for dating. Flip flop. Thank you. I have a a quick funny story about that. When I was in my early 20s, when I was like totally clueless with this stuff, I went on a date. First date went great. We were making out by the end of it. And then I went out with her again. We went to grab like local pizza. I wore my flip flops. Thought I was really cool. Then she came back to my place and we were kind of making out again and doesn't, you know, didn't really go past that, even though we were in my bed kind of rolling around. And then she ghosted me and like, you know, (laughs) Didn't respond. I sent her probably sent her like two or three texts and she just didn't respond for the next couple of weeks. So a month and a half, two months went by, still nothing from her. I wasn't going to text her again. And then I think it was maybe seven or eight months later where I hit her up. I'm like, hey, can you just let me know why you went cold all of a sudden? Like, I'm only looking for honest feedback here. I want to improve myself. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you, you, you came out on that second date and your toenails were disgusting. And uh, I just couldn't deal with it. So. I'm telling you. You know why? Because they they cut you. Like when you're rolling yeah. around, you get hooked to It'll cut you and you'll <laughs> poke you. And you're like, Ew. I mean, then, and they, like I said, if, you, if your feet look like, if your toes look like gargoyle toes, this is a turnoff to women. Just put get yourself a little pumice stone and get your heels. You Just know, go so for you a know. mani-pedi. I tell guys, go for mani-pedis. Really? It's nice. It's like a nice massage. Like, and you're not going to do a good job with that shit. So have a professional do it. It's, Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 
Yes. Yes. I like totally. So give me your, okay, give me your top three worst dating mistakes you see most men making. Some of them we've talked about, like only relying on online dating. That's got to be the worst because you're just never going to, you're always going to be dating below your league because online dating is drastically skewed in women's favor because of what you already mentioned. Guys are more thirsty for whatever reason. There's more thirsty guys online. And it's a game of her of weeding through guys. And that's going to make her relative value in the dating marketplace increase and yours is going to decrease. So you have no value if you're trying to do online dating. That's that's the issue there. Mistake number two is bad fashion, bad texting. Like the, those are the <laughs> those are the easiest things you can fix. Like you can revamp your first impression, your your look in an afternoon. That takes no personality changing. You can become a better texter by simply learning the rules and following them. That also doesn't really take a personality change. But to, to be a better conversationalist, to be more witty, to be a better lover, like all of those things take significant amount of work. And you can improve on those things. But yeah you're looking at a minimum three month like to have a, a good transformation in any of those areas. Maybe not in the bedroom. You can improve in that faster <laughs> if you have the right sort of guidance. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to your social skills, your interpersonal <laughs> skills, your ability to connect with people, that can take a little bit longer to tackle. So work on those things that are easy first. Get the easy ones out of the way. And then if you really want to kind of level up, then work on the tougher stuff once you handle those. Yeah. Good advice. Okay. So I want to know, because I can tell you have story after story. I want to know what's one of your worst dating experiences ever? Hmm. There's so many to go through. (laughs) I could tell. So I had a pretty interesting experience (laughs) at, at Burning Man. I was... Oh, I've been to Burning Man too. Oh, nice. What year? Let me think. That was, um, I want to say 2012 or 2013. 2013. Yeah. Okay. I was 2016, 2017. And one of these years, I'd like to get back there. But at the time, this was... So 2016, I went with a girlfriend and we were in... It was definitely a relationship. We lived together, but it was also open because she liked girls and I liked fooling around with other girls. And we joined this camp called Trifucta, which was, we didn't know, um, <laughs> but it was kind of like an orgy camp. You didn't know it was called Trifucta? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I should have put two and two together, but I knew it was called Trifucta, but what? I didn't really, I was like, you know, it's not like the orgy dome camp. Uh, maybe it's just a funny word, Trifucta, I don't know. But, Robbie, that yeah. did not give it away. Come on. I'm a little naive. <laughs> <laughs> and my my buddy who got us hooked up with the camp was also a notorious sort of like swinger, had lots of extracurricular activities. But we met another girl in our in our camp, like during like towards the end of the week when everyone got more acquainted, there were like these orgies almost every night at the camp. And we partook and we met another girl and she was crazy and fun. And that we kind of like there was another couple and we kind of were like, uh, you know, just like two friendly couples that would also like swap partners. And then that relation, the relationship with that other girl and that guy kind of fell apart. And my relationship fell apart from this as well. <laughs> and then I ended up bringing the other girl back to Burning Man the next year. And oh. <laughs> that was a mistake. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was did a mistake. So, girl it was one find out about that or she did. She didn't like it very much, of course. Uh, we kind of had a messy breakup. This whole trifucting really messed with our relationship a lot. We, had, I mean, <laughs> we had, you. Yeah, it totally trifucked us. We had had like you know other experiences like that before, but just there was. You just have to be careful who you bring your girl to an orgy with, right? Like that was yeah, that was kind of the mistake. And then this other girl, like it created Bobby, massive drama. I didn't drama. know you had this in your background. I mean, I would have totally <laughs> dug around for this more. I was feeling like I got to be all prim and proper. I don't even really know if he knows he's on the Curious Girl Diaries, and we're going to talk about dating in a loving way. <laughs> well, I heard some of your other shows, and I knew you you like to dabble, okay. so that's okay. why I went okay. with the story. <laughs> Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, there we go. Good. Some good juicy content. Yeah, good so play. Yeah. <laughs> so we leave Burning Man this first year, and and we're like, all right. So this other girl, we'll call her Jay. She's gonna be our third girlfriend. And so she yeah. came back after Burning Man. She lived with me and Carly, my ex, and we were like a thruple for a little while. But then, like, she gave me a blowjob in the car. Carly wasn't there. Carly was pissed. We celebrated Carly's birthday, and then Carly and I broke up. And the next year, I brought. Jay back to Burning Man. Um, yeah. And Carly was 
camping with Trifecta again. We didn't want to be part of Trifecta because of the drama. But I should have seen this coming <laughs> given like Jay's experience. Like I saw her kind of do this to other guys. And I was like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. Yeah. But then she ended up fucking my... Yeah. Like the guy who was sharing the RV, he she ended up fucking him in my RV, which was like, okay. What? Like I know we're like going to orgies and doing shit, but like, can you not fuck my buddy While like you're in the, R- yes. the RV? While I was asleep. Like, so I wake up to like pounding <gasps> and I'm like, oh, okay, oh, that's happening. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, you're right. This has to be one of the worst <laughs> stories. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, did you offer the guy any advice? You know, like, hey, she needs it like this. Or I mean, what? I don't get it. What did you do when you woke up? Were you, were you blown away? There was no way to get out of the RV without walking past them because I was in the back bedroom and they were like in the front where the door was. This is a long RV. It's like a 30 foot Airstream trailer, right? But there's no back exit. So I'm like, well, this is fucking awkward. It's not like we came up with these rules like what you can and can't do, right? But I just thought it was common sense not to fuck your buddy in his own RV, right? Like at least go to a different RV. I think that RV. makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm in agreement with you. I don't know. She should have just chose the one next door. Right. So I like, I basically just kind of continued to pretending being asleep. And then later they left and then I went out and I like didn't know what to do about that. I was like, this is a line has been crossed, but I don't know what the fuck. You were violated. Yeah. (laughs) So I kind of like iced her for the next day. Just like didn't hang out with her. was hanging out with other people. And then she comes like, she's like, why are you giving me any attention? Like, what's wrong? I love you. Blah, blah, blah. Like, like, well, that's, (laughs) I love you. Okay. That's, that's that's out there. Yeah. I'm like, I wasn't expecting that. I just fucked your roommate. Right. On, and on then, the trip. Right. So she starts like love bombing me. That's why I turned out like, what's love bombing? That's love bombing, right? That's when you drop the uh. I love you right after that. Okay. So I'm like, oh yeah, well, I'm high on a bunch of stuff. So I love you too. Yeah, let's go like hang out in a cuddle puddle together. And then there's there's more of like these I love yous exchanged. And then like, right when I'm thinking, oh, okay, I guess it was good that she fucked my friend and I'm not jealous and it's cool. Then she leaves for like three days. I don't see her for like the rest of Burning Man because she's fucking my buddy's other buddy. And What? Yes. <laughs> Who was this woman? What happened to her? Where is she? She's now married back in Australia. And, she uh, is? Yeah. So Married. Okay. Yeah. I hope she's good, but... <laughs> I went off on her like when the last day she came back I like couldn't hold it back I'm like what the fuck like like at least have some common decency like because I was totally having these things happen and then like getting closer and then having it just like ripped apart again it really fucked with with my like you know heartstrings and it was like really traumatic because it went from just like a fun casual yeah we're just kind of banging at Burning Man and this and this to like she escalated it there like she took it deep and then took it away and it fucked with me a lot and I, I needed a lot of like I went to therapy for it. It was like a lot of recovery. Oh my gosh! Oh my <laughs> needed gosh. from that experience. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> she really, she really got in there. Oh man! <laughs> so, moral of the story is uh, you know oh be God. careful who you orgy with. Be careful who you bring to Burning Man. Don't fall in love yeah. at Burning Man. It's it's uh, dangerous. So. It's not reality. Yeah. No. <laughs> Here we go. It's the drugs talking. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Last question. What is your favorite dating hack that you've been able to teach your clients? Dating hack. So I have this thing I call the first date protocol. It's not just, I call it the dating protocol, but it's how to run like a flawless first date and subsequent dates. And this is an area where guys really don't really put much thought in. They're like, oh, let's go to a nice dinner. And I think as a first date, first venue, dinner date is horrible because you got a a server coming over, interrupting you all the time. You got to pick a good restaurant. You got food in your mouth. You're trying to talk. It's just not too many variables, too much friction when you could just go to a bar and meet for a drink or even go for a walk in the park and have a coffee. Like that's a much better beginning of the yeah. first date, right? It's just, you're walking around, you're moving, it's yeah. dynamic. You can sit on a bench, right? Like, so I think guys really screw this up. And if you if you simply follow this dating protocol and you understand that a date is just a series of like experiences that move a connection along, right? Like if we meet on a first date, the beginning of that date is usually just like the quick getting to know you phase, right? Especially if it's an online date. You kind of go through the motions with the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of small talk. Like there's no way to avoid that, right? 
makes people feel comfortable. Yeah. And you want to add in some flirtation in there too. It should be like small talky and flirty. And once you get that out of the way, then it's kind of more normal to have like a deeper conversation, but you don't want to go too deep, too fast. So a great thing I like to tell my clients is once you feel like that small talk is getting boring or old or the flirtation feels like the energy is dying a little bit, like change venues, go somewhere else. And my suggestion is usually like a cocktail bar, a lounge, somewhere where you can kind of sit next to her that doesn't have that like formal interview process where you're like sitting across the table from someone. And I say, play this silly game. It's called truth or dare without the dare. Questions game is is what I call it. And the rules of the game are I ask a question, then you ask a question. You have to be honest. You can't ask boring questions. So the the questions you ask either have to, you know, (laughs) make the other person a little bit embarrassed and you have to answer your own question. So I'm not allowed to say what's your favorite color because it's boring, right? But I can't ask you, what's your worst first date experience? And then I would also have to answer. So you can kind of think about a lot of these stories, answers to those questions beforehand. And if you know that they're cool, funny stories, because you've told them before, odds are you're going to have a similar sort of result. So playing that game to deepen the connection after you've changed venues will be a total game changer on first dates. And a lot of the time from there, physical chemistry will kind of emerge at that point. A lot of a lot of the time, it'll feel good to go in for the first kiss. And you're not going to get stuck in this dinner date. I don't know if she likes me. I don't know when to go for the kiss sort of problem. And this is another like free download on my site. So if anyone wants to grab that, it's called the dating protocol. And if you employ that, it's the best dating hack ever. You can just forget everything you've been doing and do this. And I promise your dates will be A+. There you go. You heard it. You heard it right here. Okay. Well, can you just let every since you've been you've got all this great stuff, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah. If you go to innerconfidence.com, you can find uh, all my stuff over there. I also have a podcast, which you'll be coming on soon. I'm really uh, excited for that interview, especially after Me too. Uh, <laughs> after this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So check out the podcast and yeah, innerconfidence.com's got everything. Yes. And you also have been so generous when my listeners go to innerconfidence.com and if they buy something, if they use, uh, if they mention me, right, that they'll get a 10% discount. Yep. Just send me an email if you buy something or if we jump on a call and just mention Layla and uh, whether you bought it or you're thinking about buying it and we'll, we'll make it happen. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Well, that about wraps it up. You know what my favorite thing for you to do is. I'd love it if you would go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com and leave me a voicemail. Just click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. You've got five minutes. Let it rip. I get back to each and every one of you personally. And I just love knowing what all my listeners are up to. That's it, guys. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Love you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com. 